scripture this morning comes from Isaiah 7, 13 and 14. When Isaiah said, hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try also the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And we will call him Emmanuel. I got up late today, and so I'm not all here. I'm serious. I got up. The dog licked me in the face and woke me up, and I thought I didn't set the alarm. I'm starting in uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Pointing to Jesus, today we're going to talk about Mary. Okay? Pointing to Jesus. It says here in verse 14, in the second half of that verse, it says there's a sign of it. It says, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Let's look at this passage, and then we're going to expound on it, okay? Uh, The passage before that says it came out of the house of David. Now, if you investigate lineages on Ancestry.com and you're looking at, let's say, the Dean family or the Shaver family, that's my wife's family, uh, you'll see that there is a history of all the people that were born. That is a house according to God. Your house is the house, mine is the house of Mike Dean. Uh, before that, it was the house of Harry Dean. Before that, the house of Perry Dean. So, so that's, that is what you are born into. You with me? You're born into that house. That means that you take on yourself the, the qualities of the people in the heritage of your house. There was a, a man, uh, and I've told you about him, that I led to the Lord many years ago, and he, his whole families were alcoholics. He said as far back as he can remember, everybody drank. That was their house. I've met people that their fathers and their grandfathers were liars, and they were a liar. And now I've had the privilege of knowing people who were righteous and godly, and that was their house. Now, if you investigate biblically David's house, David was not coming from a lineage of kingship. They came from shepherds. Now, do you all know what a shepherd is in the nation of Israel? They were not the most trusted people in the world. They were kind of uh, hard-working, down-to-earth, did whatever they could to make ends meet, put things together in their life. That was the house of David. God called him to something greater than all of that. 
And David then fell into sin. But still, it was an honorable house, not because he was a king, because, but because God and David had an intimate relationship. So David had children, and their children had children, and in that lineage, and it tells you in the New Testament, a young lady was born. Her name was Mary. Mary was born into the lineage of the house of David. David killed the lion with a rock. He killed Goliath with a rock. He defeated 10,000 in battle. He was considered a brave man. So she's born into that heritage, we call it today. She was only about 14. Are there any, all of our young people aren't here to see. I don't know where they went. Any, any young people here? Oh, there's two young people. Any of them 14 years old? Any 14-year-olds here today? Are you 14? If you're 15 now. Any 14-year-olds here? 15-year-olds? Stand up. If you're a 15-year-old, stand up. Okay, we got a lot of 15-year-olds. Now look at this guy back here. He's a tall man. He, let, Mary would be this age, about 14 years old. Okay, thank you, guys. Sit down. She was able at that age to bear children. She was also given to a husband at this point. They called it in Scripture a spouse, and that means... It's not like our engagement today. Engagements today is people change engage, people that are engaged with all the time. I mean, oh, I'm engaged to so-and-so. Well, I thought you were engaged to so-and-so. Oh, no, that was over last week. That's the society we live in, I'm telling you. But a spouse means that Mary's father and Joseph's father came together. They had an agreement. They talked about the exchange of money, which they called a dowry. And they shook on it, and they were going to be eventually married at some particular time in the future. We don't know if it was days, months, or weeks, years. I don't, it doesn't say. They probably had met each other, but not, did not know they were going to be a spouse to each other. But God picked Mary out. Of thousands of young ladies that age, he picked Mary. You know what he says about her? She is highly favored among women. Every mother and father would want to know that their daughter is highly favored. Among, among women. You know that? Wouldn't you want your daughter to be that way? I wanted mine to be that way. So why was she highly favored? Well, she says in her song that was read by uh, our brother this morning, Chris, in verse 48 in that passage in Luke, Luke chapter 1, 
It says she was humble. Now, you may say that's an arrogant statement. It is not. She was taught in her family about God. She had heard about the teachings of the prophets and of Moses about God from his, her mother, especially, and her father, maybe even aunts. They gathered together, and they talked about God. Somewhere, Mary made a decision that she wanted to be what God wanted her to be. She made that decision. At 14 years old, I want to be what God wants me to be. At 14 or 15, have you made that decision Or do you want to be what you want to be? Because it's tough. In our society right now, there's a real issue. Because we raise our children to be um, not independent anymore. We Self-centered is what we raise them to be. It's all about us. I want somebody to like me. I want somebody to like the way I look. I want somebody to know I'm a good athlete. We raise our children to be self-centered. We don't raise our, our children to, a, to strive to be si- like something spiritual. We don't do that unless we teach them the occult. and It's being taught. So at, at 14 or 15 years old, are you striving to be what God wants you to be? Really what God wants you to be. Not what makes your parents happy, but what God wants you to be. She was humble. She was submissive. She was taught how to be submissive. You're saying, well, what do you mean? I don't want to be submissive. I had people I counsel that want to be married, and I, I share with them the vows, and it says, to be submissive to the spouses, man to woman, woman to man. Oh, I can't have that in my ceremony. I'm not going to be submissive to this person. And I said, then you'll never be married no matter what you say. If you're not submissive as Jesus Christ teaches, as God the Father teaches, as the Old Testament teaches, if you're not submissive, then you'll never be married. You'll be just selfish. See, we're being taught self Self-sufficiency. So Mary was humble. She was obedient. She was faithful. And she wanted to be what God wanted her to be. That's why, did you know that what I'm talking about right now is the reason why teen suicide, do you know they don't talk about it anymore? Every year it's worse. That's why there's more and more teens killing themselves. Is because we teach teenagers, young kids, uh, 12, 13 years old, to be self-centered. And when they get a little bit older, things are so out of control in their life that they just want to die because self-sufficiency does not supply a person. But Mary wanted that. See, this sounds... Oh, it sounds like a, no, wait, wait, it's not over with. So the angel, Gabriel, comes to her. And he says to her, 
They're highly favored women. And, and then Mary says over here, she said, for generations upon generations, people will revere me. And we do. We do revere her. But she's humble. You can say that in a humble way, in a submissive way. Now that's it's really nice to say. Would you? Would you like? We'd all like. Hey, I'm highly favored in the eyes of God. And then he lays it on her. The Holy Spirit's going to come over you. And you're going to conceive and bear a baby. And his name will be called Emmanuel. Do you know scientifically that's still impossible today? Do you know that? It just doesn't happen unless there's two people involved. Somebody says, well, what about when the doctor places the sperm? I still need two people. And even if you could create a sperm or an egg, God didn't do that. He just spoke. She became pregnant with child. I like the King James, with child. So here she is, 14 years old. The angel comes and speaks to her, doesn't do anything until she says, well, my will is your will. I'll do what you say. Do you see what I'm saying? She says, I'll do. When that happens, the process started. And within an instant, she was without child, and then that instant she was with child. It's a complex spiritual thing, a thing that takes faith. Does it take a lot of faith? No, you just have to believe that God can do anything. That's not a lot of faith. So now she has a problem. So Mary has a problem now. Did you know that? She's with child. And in not too many months, they're going to find out that she's pregnant. How do you tell your mother? <laughs> How do you tell your mother that you're with child and you've not been fooling around? How do you tell? How do you explain to her when, when all of her life this woman who was a, probably a shepherd's husband knows how babies come into the world and she finds out that his daughter is, her daughter is pregnant and, and she says, how did it happen? She says, the Holy Spirit came upon me. This lady called Mary suffered because she believed God. So you should know something. When a person believes in God, you're going to suffer. Do you understand that? 
If you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and he comes and lives in your life, you're going to suffer. Did you know in our society today, which, which used to be and still is a Christian society, that there are Christians who do not believe things that are in the Scripture and they persecute believers because they do. Christians do this. You, you're worried about the Arabs persecuting you. No, there are Christians that say they love Jesus that persecute people because they believe what it says in the Bible. I heard an amen. Did you know that? And you say, well, aren't you Christian? Well, sure I am, but you're wrong. Aren't you a faithful Jewish young lady? Yes, but God came to me. Oh, there's something wrong with you. It's not, no, it's no different now than it was then. She believed in Jesus. She believed in God the Father. She was taught the Old Testament. She believed the Old Testament. That's not it. Now she's, guess what her other problem is, Andy? Her other problem is she has a man she's a spouse to, and he's a faithful young man because God doesn't want uh, Jesus' earthly father to be a jerk. He, he, he wanted him to be somebody that was true and faithful and would teach what needed to be taught and give the example does Jesus need that example? No, but God wants his child to be in an atmosphere that would be conducive for spiritual maturity and growth for his son. So he picked him. And he sent an angel to him because why? He was a good man. And a good man who loves God would find out the situation and he would say to himself, man, what am I going to do, God? And he prayed and he he asked the Lord, and finally the Lord said to an angel, he said, don't be afraid, Joseph, to take this woman, Mary. She's a righteous woman. She loves me. She's been obedient. And what she carries around in her womb is of the Holy Spirit. Do, do you understand what's going on here? Where's... We're reading about a divine intervention of the living God in, in humanity in a way that is, even to this day, people argue about it because they think that it's strange. Now, he could have said, hey, I don't, I'm sorry, angel. I, I can't handle the embarrassment and the pressure that this puts on me as a godly Jewish man. He could have said that, couldn't he? He said, no, I'll marry you. So he marries her, but he did not have physical intimacy with her until after the baby was born. So that fulfills a prophecy where it says, a virgin will conceive and give birth both things conceive and give birth 
Some people says in order for this to happen, Mary needed to be miraculously conceived. That's a lie from hell. It's nowhere in scripture. And if you believe that or even entertain that, you misunderstand what God's saying. Why? Because the human mind cannot conceive how this can happen. So they try ways to explain it. There's only one way to explain it. God made her with child, pregnant. Now the thing that impresses Mary, me about Mary, is that in her song that was read, and Chris did a good job, not only does she talk about her interaction with God through the angel, but then she begins to teach us about who God is. If you're a 14-year-old, do you know who God is? Do you know what he's done? Do you know what he's capable of? Do you understand the miraculous side of God? You read her song. Pick it up and read her song. She knew more about God than a lot of adult Christians do. She also believed who he was. Stood up for right. Went to war and won. Fed the hungry and the oppressed. He brought down rulers. There's no political psychobabble in this song. There is truth about the nature of God. So, Jesus' mother, who passed on her chromosomes to Jesus Christ. Y'all didn't even think about that, did you? He, Mary's chromosomes were passed on. That means that her history, her house was passed on. All that they believed was passed on. She understood mercy. I mean, to pick this apart, it's going to take four or five weeks, four or five hours. I could talk about this subject over and over. Well, let's move on. So they get they get married. He, he is a faithful husband to God and the angel and the call and, and things are going on and it's about two weeks before she's going to give birth. Right? Lady, I, I don't know. What's that like two weeks before you give birth? It's kind of tough, isn't it? That's what, I, that's what Jeannie tells me. What's that? You're ready to go. So he says two weeks before she's going to have Jesus, the Messiah, she sa- he says, well, you've got to get on a donkey and ride for two weeks. Do, did you hear that? He, the interesting, he didn't send an angel to him and say, hey, you're going to go to Bethlehem. There's a decree that comes from the Roman ruler and, and they got to get on and go to the house there where he was conceived, where, where Joseph was. She didn't say, oh, no, Mommy, I'm going to stay here. His wife gets on a donkey 
and, she, and her mother lets her go. Guess what? He lets her go. And you say, well, why didn't an angel? And I said, because. Now stop and think about it. There's a lot of robbers. When people would ride the road alone, the, the Samaritan issue happens over and over again. They get beat up and they get robbed. So they traveled for two weeks in a caravan full of people under the safety of that decree. Don't you? I think that's neat. God had to speak to that ruler so that that could happen. And she, they didn't have a 5G network. They didn't have telephones. And if they had sent a letter to Bethlehem to the innkeeper, it would never got there before they did. And when they got there, there was no place to sleep. What would happen if 100,000 people came to Berryville to, because the government told them to? There were probably more than that. There'd be no place to sleep. But God provided a stable. Was it God's first choice? Yes. Why? I don't know. I've heard pastors talk about how warm it was in the hay. And, and I think, I, I've been in stables. They stink. I mean, they clean stables. They still stink. You know animals stink? Did you know your dog stinks after a while? What's that? <laughs> yeah. But that's where our Savior was born. He picked, he picked faithful, godly, lowly people that his son could be born into that family, the house of David, for our salvation. Man. Last week, I talked about uh, secret angels. Anybody remember me talking about secret angels? Say I'm not a very good speaker. Nobody remembers that. Where you pick... You, you get together, draw names in your family and your servant to somebody in your family without them knowing about it through the Christmas season. I've made a commitment this year, and I do every year, that I'm going to try and win somebody to the Lord. What better way to celebrate the coming, the advent of Jesus Christ than to, to win somebody to the Lord? How about you? Have you told somebody that Jesus is coming. Have you just at least told somebody what Jesus Christ means to you? Have you pointed to Jesus? Have you told him? You know, over there in that war that they're having in the Middle East, over that land, that our Savior was born there? Bethlehem was the name of the place. In the center... 
of the spiritual world. By the way, the center of the spiritual world is not Colorado. It's not. Some people believe it is. The center of the world is in our heart because that's where the kingdom of God is established. Do you understand? So this this Christmas season, can you point somebody to Jesus? Can, can you look them in the face and say, hey, I'd like you to come to church with me. If need be, I'll pick you up or I'll call you and get you up. Or I'll give you Amos. He'll come and wake you. To do that, guess what? You've got to be like Mary. You've got to be holy. You've got to be humble. You've got to have mercy in your heart. Do you realize that if mercy's absence, you, you don't care where people go for eternity? Do you, do you understand the concept of mercy? Maybe I'll preach on it. But the concept of mercy is simple. You care where people will end up in hell or heaven. And so you act. You don't act by giving them a bottle of water. You act by giving them Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean you shouldn't help people at Christmas. It doesn't mean that. I'm saying you need to do more than that. Why do you give a bottle of water? Why do you give food? Which makes me remember something. I need to talk to the elders. I got an email that somebody needs help. So guys, come up here after Greg gets running around with telling people what to do. <laughs> well, we need that. I mean, don't we? If it wasn't for Greg, we, we'd go, what do we do now? <laughs> so thank you, Greg. Yeah, yeah. What is it we're supposed to do, Greg? <laughs> We, we need, Christians, we need to be merciful like Mary. She didn't hide what happened to her. She told people. Remember she went to Elizabeth? Was there for three months? Till Elizabeth had John the Baptist and she left and went back home. Zachariah was able to talk again. After nine months of not being able to talk, Elizabeth has John the Baptist. They tell him what the name of the baby is, and he tells him he's able to talk. He didn't call him a Baptist. He said John will be his name. But he becomes a baptizer. You could be a Zachariah, but eventually you will confess what you know to be true about God. You will. You will. Because the Spirit compels you. He doesn't, 
It doesn't, I don't care how long it takes. Do you understand? I don't, I don't care how much you trouble. That does, none of that matters. You're in a process of coming to the point in your life where you will speak the truth to somebody. Somebody says to me, I, I don't know, who, but I read an email that they wrote to somebody or a text. They wrote, and I thought, whoa, Jesus Christ was all over that email. And that person thinks they're not telling people about Jesus. Come on. <sighs> Jesus, thank you for Mary, Joseph, Elizabeth, Zachariah. Thank you for all of these people that highlighted the coming of Jesus. God. God. I, I, I almost forgot it. Emmanuel. Without Mary, God is not with us. Hello? With Mary, God is with us. Without her faithfulness, without her mercy, without her humility, without her obedience, with her not being self-centered about what, what people think of you, without Mary, without Mary, there is no Emmanuel, no God with us. Amen. Praise God. I could talk another hour. Caleb, come, please. I mean, Is the rest of you coming? Your fill-in's filling in again today. Isn't that good? Way go, Dave. He's doing... Remember our conversations? How old is he? Remember 11 years ago, our conversations? I think of it, every time I see him, I think of that. Praise God. Let's stand. Father God, without Mary, there is no Emmanuel. God chose the right woman. You know our hearts. And you've called every one of us to salvation. And you didn't make a mistake. You knew the time and the place that we were ready the need that we had and the victory we live in. Oh, Lord, thank you for the troubles we have. Thank you for the difficulties. Thank you we're not alone. I just ask, Father God, that you bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.